You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Welcome everybody to this episode of In the Arena. We are very excited today to have Amadou Karoma with us. Um, for new time and first time listeners to the show, um, this is a mini series that is produced by 3D Coaching, where we are looking at leadership skills that really sit at the intersection of coaching. And in each episode, we've, um, we've invited a guest on that embodies one of those skills or characteristics and we've taken a really deep dive into that characteristic and really sort of started to get to grips with what it means to be in the arena demonstrating that characteristic so if you haven't checked out other episodes we've got episodes on empathy creativity equity and inclusion and today we are going to be focusing on that very important characteristic of gratitude and I'm delighted to introduce Amadou Karoma who's with us today um, Amadou has a really interesting and eclectic background and I'm sure we're going to learn lots um, from his experience and his insights but Amadou has a really interesting background he trains and coaches professional athletes he's a personal trainer and coaches um, well I guess you specialize Amadou more in execs and busy CEOs um, and people who've got busy and stressful lives and that's part of your coaching sort of philosophy and training philosophy and I'm sure we'll dig into that and um, Amadou's also on the board of a not-for-profit Womble that engages with young people and has got a really interesting background moving from Sierra Leone um, to Tasmania and then to Melbourne so lots of insights from all of that experience Amadou just just tell us a little bit about yourself and how all of those things kind of connect and make sense for you. Firstly, thank you for having me on board. For me, it's an absolutely grateful opportunity to be part of this collective consciousness community. Um, my life at this present moment um, has been a lot of, lots, lots of ups and downs. My life at this present moment has come with a lot of ups and downs, but through those moments, um, there's always something to be grateful for, you know, and throughout my life, you know, I've gone through setbacks that have led me backwards. I've gone through triumphs that have led me forwards, you know, but in the end of that, I'm very thankful that all those experiences has made me who I am today in the present moment, to be able to give my wisdom to everyone out there that is listening. Mm. Well, we're very grateful to have you. And one of the things I didn't mention in your intro, Amadou, which is another kind of interesting kind of lens and perspective on your life and your work, I'm sure, is the, the role of your um, cultural, your cultural background from Sierra Leone. And um, your dad is running in the political campaign over there. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So my father um, is a lot of things. Firstly, he's um, is a man of service, um, someone that's willing to give his heart, basically give his soul to make sure everyone in life succeeds. Everyone wins because the highest human act is to empower each other. So if there's one thing I can tell you about my father, he wants to empower everyone to succeed. So he's now a candidate to become potentially become a president of Sierra Leone. Um, the election is in 2023. 
So it's been an eight-year process, you know, to get there. And I've been part of that collective process for the past eight years. A lot of sacrifices in my personal life. But in, at the end of the day, if my father is to be president, the whole country wins. We all win, you know, because we're looking for a better um, present and future ahead for the next generation of young people. What an eclectic mix of things you're involved with, Amadou. Just tell us a little bit about how gratitude features in all of those different aspects of your of your of your professional life. Firstly, um, thanks for asking that. This great question, Kirsty. Um, there is a saying quote by someone called David Stindl Rast. So he's a monk. Um, um, is a everything he speaks about is about gratitude. And if there's one thing I was I will start this conversation is is this. We can't be grateful of everything, but in every given moment of life, there is something to be grateful for. In the midst of suffering, brings a lot of sadness, a lot of setbacks, but change your perspective on looking at that, you can cultivate a mindset of gratitude, which gives you a bit more inner peace, which gives you a bit more freedom, which gives you a bit more mental clarity to take the next step in life, to be more hopeful. So through my struggles, my struggles, I've used gratitude as a, as a tool, as a superpower, as an affirmation, you know, as a virtue to push on to, to other things in life because there's, life is full of ups and downs and change we can, we can never obviously get rid of. But changing your perspective and using affirmation like gratitude, you know, will help you cultivate a mindset of inner peace, a mindset of contentment through the challenges. So this is how gratitude has helped me. I've used it as a superpower to navigate through life, through the ups and downs, because this is what life is about. It's not always supposed to be smooth, right? And a lot of stumbles along the way. But gratitude is the highest of all virtues. And I'm, I'm at the stage whereby... You know, um, two weeks ago, I said to my sister, I feel like I'm the richest person in the world, you know, because gratitude has got me to a, a spiritual realm, a different world, whereby I feel like I'm supernatural, I'm untouchable. <laughs> oh, I feel like I might need some of that to rub off on me. <laughs> just one of the things you just said there, and it really resonated with me from a coaching perspective, Amadou, is that. You know, for those of you that have, for listeners that have read um, Claire's book on transforming conversations, one of the things that we really think about as an opportunity within coaching is to have really positive, future focused conversations that are hopeful. And, you know, you've mentioned the kind of ups and downs of life, Amadou, but um, it, it feels to me like we need that probably more than ever before at the moment um, with the various kind of things that are, that are happening in the world. So just tell us a little bit about what practicing gratitude really looks and feels like on a, on a daily basis for you. Thanks, Kirsty. Um, firstly, quote by John F. Kennedy, may he soul rest in peace. Um, people that have give us, give, given us wisdom through their words. Um, it's one thing to express gratitude w- with words, but it's, one, it's another thing to live gratitude through action. A lot of people say they're grateful, 
but you live in gratitude through action, put it into a daily conscious practice. You know, it is energy, it is time, but it's a different world that will give you more joy and happiness. In my daily life of gratitude application, I wake up, I say to myself, I'm grateful. Grateful to the spiritual being. It can be God or it can be anything. It can be a sense of hope that someone there that's looking down upon you. So first thing I say to myself, I'm grateful I'm alive. I woke up first and foremost. You know, I woke up in this day, meaning that I'm going to harvest the day, use every opportunity possible to, to make myself proud, to, to make every human being I come across joyful, happy, and a random act of kindness, just saying hello, just um, saying how are you, a random smile. These are all part of the services of gratitude because you're living it through action. You're not just walking past someone without saying anything. Yes, there's going to be certain people who are going to navigate through that and not give you any attention at all. That's okay. You've sent the universe, your energy to the world, to the universe. You know? So that's one part of it, connecting with human beings. The other daily practice is active meditation, walking meditation. You know, I meditate two to three hours a day. I make times, time gaps within my, my daily life schedule for this you know, because it's something that gives me joy and happiness. You know, I meditate by listening to audibles, getting other people's perspective on life, connecting with other human beings. A lot of people in the modern world will find this very strange in a sense. I walk past someone, I ask them questions, I sit with them, and Kirsty, 99% of the time, everyone that I've talking to will tell me everything about their life. You know, and every day, this is like an everyday thing, you know. It's part of my, you could say, conscious, subconscious programming now, whereby every day, I just want to do that meditation, that walk. It's part of my program because it's a lifestyle habit that I've developed over 10 years, you know. So one thing that people sometimes get scared of is that gratitude may not work for them, but it can work for everyone because it's free. You don't have to pay for it. You just have to become conscious within yourself and take daily small steps, just being thankful for one thing in your life. You're thankful that you have a house. You're thankful that you have water. You're thankful that you have your health. Your greatest wealth is your health, you know? So if there's one thing I can say to people is putting gratitude from affirmation and words into daily action, you know? Mm. So, you know, that's one, that's one of the biggest take- takeaways I think I can give to people. And I'm, I've, so, I've got so many questions. Um, the first one that's front of mind for me, Amadou, I know that in your coaching and training, um, personal training work that you do you work with lots of senior people who feel time pressure feel um maybe a bit stressed by life and and just sort of thinking about some of the folks that I've worked with in coaching as well um and it can feel a bit like another thing to do on the list but I'm wondering what insights you have for helping um, for helping people engage with that different perspective who are maybe not not quite there yet. Um, another great question because as you know in life sometimes we need as human beings we have to go through suffering or a point of awakening to know that we need change in our lives. Yeah. I say people have come to me to lose weight, to develop a better lifestyle, to improve strength, and to work on their mind, their mindset. Because after reading my profile, when I'm about, people have come to me for specific reasons. 
But one thing that I noticed, as you mentioned, is um, life is full of a lot of stresses, you know. I never try and force people to do a certain thing. I try and give them the tools, you know, to, to apply some of these um, perspectives into their life, like gratitude, for instance. You know, um, this is things that I just put out there. Just do a normal conversation. I have no script to my clients. I just have an open heart. Sitting, I'm going for walks with my clients, and I get their perspective about what's happening in their life, how they're navigating through life. You know, from there, I get to understand their behavior patterns. You know, it's one thing to obviously for people to open up to you, but people have to, to be able to be comfortable. Creating a sense, of, a sense of safety is one of the most important things in an environment. Because if people aren't comfortable, you can't give them the tools, you know, because they'll go through one ear or come through the other ear. Yeah. But it's hard to explain, Kirsty, but I think my energies, a lot of my clients have told me this, they just feel at peace when they're around me. And straight away, whatever I say, most of, uh, 99% of the time, they'll put it into their daily conscious habits, you know. And two weeks later, I'll get a feedback. I'm feeling better already. I've changed my perspective on how I look at life, you know. But one thing that I've, I always keep saying is don't affirm by words, live through action. It's not easy, but you have to make daily conscious efforts. It's not going to work every day. You wake up, you go to work to make money. To make money, we lose our health. To restore our health, we lose money. Find your balance. And your greatest wealth is your mental health. So gratitude is a daily conscious effort, something you have to wake up and do. Every day, it's a never-ending journey. Healing is a never-ending journey. Into, into the end of our days, we should never stop working on ourselves. And I think you're, you're touching on something that really resonates for me from a coaching practice perspective, Amadou, because it feels like there's, there's almost two different aspects to this. There's um, working with other people in that, safe um helpful way that you've just described to help them come to new perspectives but there's also a a sort of self-care or consideration for self that enables you to do that work really well and I my sense is sometimes in in coaching particularly because it's an unregulated environment sometimes like the balance of those two things can be off for people so What's your, you've talked a little bit about the, the second one of those things about um, sharing gratitude with others. Just talk to us a little bit about what that self-care piece looks like for you. Self-care for me, like I said, first word, words of affirmation before live through action. Um, firstly, you have to love yourself. They say you have to care for yourself and love yourself before you can pass that on. You know, if you're not looking after yourself, how can you give your energies to the world? It means you're faking it. You know, self-care for me, eating healthy, drinking water every day, two to three liters of water every day, exercising mindfully every day, going for my active meditation walks every day, connecting with other human beings every day, sitting with nature, the environment every day, sending a random act, um, message to someone that I, I knew five years ago around an act of kindness. There's something called seven dimensions of well-being, um, Kirsty. And when you focus on these seven dimensions, you know, it gives you a sense of self-care within yourself and also for the environment. 
and then that leads to other people. People can feed through that. You know, so on the takeaways that I've prepared, um, I share links to the seven dimensions of well-being. And I think it's the greatest takeaway, social, mental, intellectual, environmental health, spiritual, you know, and I've always, for my self-care, I've always focused on these seven dimensions of well-being because I try and cultivate each one. I'm not trying to be perfect, but I try and cultivate each one, which, is, which has led me to where I am today. That's a really interesting perspective because I think um, I'm just sort of reflecting on some of the coaching clients that I work with Amadou. And I think one of the things that people really, I mean, there's lots of things people value about a coaching space, but one of them is that it's a space where you can have a conversation that's no agenda, but it can integrate across all of those dimensions so at work, the conversations you have are probably just about one of those dimensions. Um, whereas an open, um, a coaching conversation, particularly if it's an external coach to your organization, creates space for you to integrate those things and think about how um, situations, circumstances are impacting your life, your well-being, the way that you're looking and thinking about the world, the way you're experiencing the world. And so... I think there's something really interesting about that integration integration piece. Definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Two things I want to come back to that you mentioned. Um, one of them, you mentioned the word feedback. And um, one of the things that I think is interesting in coaching is that it creates space for real-time feedback um what I'm seeing and noticing in the moment in our conversation is x y or z and that can just help bring some clarity or some new perspective or help someone create new meaning um in their in their thinking um tell me a little bit about how you integrate your kind of really hopeful, positive philosophy and this idea of gratitude into feedback. Um, it can feel tricky to give good feedback, I, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, great, great question. Um, two days ago, one of my clients basically said to me, um, you give me energy wanting to change. As simple feedback as that. It's like, I can see how happy you are. I can see that I can feel your energy. You know, it's like, I want to get to that place. You know, and this is someone that suffered from a lot of um, mental stress. Yep. A lot of other mental issues. But, you know, for me, that gave me more joy to be there for that individual, to give more resources. Yep. Because like I said, again, the highest human act is to empower each other. I give you something, you give me something in return. It can be feedback. It can be a physical um, prog um, progress, you know. So I think one of the most important things is just to make sure you're there for people as best as you can. And also make sure you're listening because listening is a skill. You know, people will tell you things, but make sure you're processing it and then watch your words. Words that you use to give that, that report back is so powerful to make sure it's not navigating people away, but by leading them through the path of transformation. 
you know so feedback is something that i get constantly from my clients i ask them how how was this when you tried this how did you feel what are the emotions behind that you know what are you going to do next after one so what are you going to do next and what about those um it's great that you're getting lots of feedback from clients but what about those clients you need to give feedback to who are finding it trickier yep finding it trickier well, as you know, you know, in life, life is full of a lot of other dimensions, family, family, work, social, environmental. We are product of our environment, basically. So in my understanding, I always know that people are going through things for them to become, to be fully aware, to fully become alive within that dimension. Meaning the dimension is obviously in health, they want to lose weight, they want to improve themselves. But in other aspects of their life, there's challenges, work stress, there's a lot of other challenges. So it's hard sometimes for people to go through a complete transformation in all dimensions if other parts of their life is clogged up with things. It's basically about cultivating the other parts of your life before your health um, transformation can become more steady. You know, So I, I have a sense of empathy and understanding maybe this individual is going through other things in life, you know? Because we, we, when we lack things in life, you know, there's going to be um, levels of stress. But when things are a bit more cultivated in between, then we can give attention to everything, our health, our social, our family, our environment, you know. So there are obviously clients, you know, that obviously struggle, struggle with certain things. But I give them perspective, hey, maybe we need to look at different parts of your life how do we cultivate that before you come into exercise by taking simple steps you know your relationship may not be going so well you know but can you talk to your partner you know can we fix these small things because everything in life matters you come from home you come from work your work is giving you stress you're coming to exercise yes you can release some of this stress and exercise but guess what you're going to go back to the same place you know, and that's going to give you a little bit more stress. And you come back to ex exercise, it's fluctuating in between. So the goal is to make sure you try and improve that aspect of your life, that little relationship scenario. Or coming to exercise and trying to change it a little bit will be very hard. So it's about cultivating all dimensions of your life to make sure this one part that you love so much, which is exercise, becomes more truthful and better mentally first and physically because your emotional, your emotional health feeds through your physical body. Your physical body doesn't know the reality. If you're mentally drained, no matter how much weight you're pushing the gym, there will be no, no benefits. You know, you think, yes, you're sweating, but there will be no benefits. You have to cultivate the other parts of your life to, to have more success in every realm, in every dimension, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah, you have to cultivate all the other parts of your life. You know, if you're struggling one aspect of your life, you're going to struggle. Basically, everything is coexistence with each other. It's a balance. Everything is a balance. And then finding that balance in life is so important. You know, obviously, you're going to get more joy from one thing, definitely. But when you're, when you're, when you're going through the setbacks, you have to reaffirm and get that balance, looking at everything with perspective and more positivity, or everything falls out of alignment a little bit. And just the, going back to that idea of um, gratitude, Amadou, um, 
you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting, I think in some ways our roles are quite similar in the sense that we get a peek behind the curtain of many, many different people, different organizations and see the different way, um, different ways people are living, thinking and approaching their lives. Um, what do you notice about folks that haven't been able to kind of um, adopt or manifest? What's the differences between people who are kind of living this actively and those that aren't? What do you notice? Well, it is, it's not happy people that are grateful. It's grateful people that are happier. Everyone wants happiness in life. But what I've noticed is to be, when you're grateful, you become happier. Happier, happiness is a fluctuating state. It's called hedonic adaptation, hedonic training in psychology. You're fluctuating between worlds, small joys. But when you're grateful, you find joys in the simple things in life. And then you stay there all the time. Okay, so what I've noticed, going back to your question, is people who are practicing gratitude, are more joyful, are more um, actively moving, um, engage more with people socially, care for themselves more, which is the most important, care for their mental health more, try to be in control of the environment rather than the environment controlling you. You know, obviously we're one of the biggest things in society. Our environment controls most of our, our personalities, should be the other way around, okay? and more environmentalists. So that's what I've noticed. People who are grateful have so much more um, mental health balance versus the people that who aren't, who aren't so much grateful. I don't say they're not grateful. That probably has not been a point of awakening because mm. you don't know what you know through your experiences or through words of wisdom like this. You, this podcast will reach to people and people will be like, oh, Maybe I should take some more steps and start understanding what gratitude is about. You know? So I don't blame people. I just think sometimes people need to go through certain phases to be awakened or words of wisdom from someone, someplace, sharing ideas, empowering each other. Mm. I'm awakened. You know? But in a world of gratitude, what I can say is that you will be at a place that, that's basically unexplainable. You know, in, in psychology, they call it, they call it the, the quantum field. Of, uh, your mind is at a place of just inner peace with yourself, with the environment. No matter when you get knocked down, you will change your perspective. Even through the, the setbacks, you'll be at peace a bit more. Because at the end of the day, one of the, the biggest triggers in, in the world, as you know, is stress. And stress it, eats our life away. And obviously accepting stress is okay, but it's how you cultivate it. It's how you cultivate it. I use it as a superpower. Everyone gets stressed. I use it as a superpower and navigate through it. But you have to face the reality and then take daily action, conscious steps. You know, if you're stressed from work, what are you doing about it? You're going to come home and go back to it, come home, go about it. keeps adding up. And then you get to a point of breakdown, point of panic attacks. If you're going through an issue, you have to try and face that issue and resolve that issue. That's what I've noticed. People that are, who aren't so living with gratitude, they keep going through the same phase because they get into acceptance. 
They accept it. Oh, it's normal. Everyone shirts. It's part of work. It's part of work. But really not. It's a modern society. Our world has changed so much more. There's so much more expectations in the world. We have so much more options. We have to pay for our car. We have to pay for our house. You know, everything in life comes at a cost. So that adds more stress into our lives. But we're in control of most of these things. And one of the, the things that I, I will share at the end of this podcast is takeaways, whereby people can, can watch a video called Heal, which tells you a lot, lot about navigating through these things in life. I think what you're touching on, Amadou, is one of the reasons that coaching as a profession actually is, is growing and increasing because people need the space and the time to think carefully and intentionally and deliberately about these things because there's many distractions in life and um, it can feel like it was certainly for me I felt that life is controlling me rather than I'm in control of my life from time to time and so I think these spaces that you're describing where you can have um those safe reflective conversations in an integrated way um, that are positive and future focused cuts really to the heart of of why coaching is such a valuable and useful um, tool for people to en- to engage in um, there are, there are two things I just want to touch on um, one of them is time and the other one is movement um, so let's start with movement first and then we'll finish on time and, and then we'll land with some of your some of your recommendations. But um, for, for those who are regular listeners to um, the 3D podcast, I'm sure you will have heard Claire and, and possibly me talk about the importance of movement in coaching. Um, and of course, we think about coaching a little differently, Amadou, than that kind of um, fitness coaching that you're engaging with. But the, for me, what, what I think is interesting about your work particularly is that there's a blurry edge between the kind of um, technical coaching that you're doing to get people to understand how to use their bodies and equipment and those sorts of things and the mindset coaching um, and the inter- the way you integrate them, I think, is interesting. Um, but from a movement perspective, um, you know, Claire and the folks at 3D and I've been really interested in the power of movement and how that can create space for people to see themselves and see their world and come to new insights about their life and circumstances um, in a, in a, in a fresh new way, whether it's, stand over here you're doing nothing stand over there you've taken all of the actions tell me how both of those experiences feel and what's what feels right and how does that feel in your body um from your perspective how important is the actual physical movement of the body and i I sort of mean going beyond the obvious of the health benefits movement Another great question. So movement is change. Movement is perspective. And then which, which each, each movement comes with new challenges, you know, and all of these challenges are mental. Mental as in it's a belief system, you know. 
I say the one thing, the mind processes it to the physical body and it does it. But the power of movement takes you out of your comfort zone. You know, there's a comfort zone, but we have to breach those comfort zones. Okay, so challenging people to do a particular type of physical exercise, you know, which is a comfort zone for most people, a, a simple one. But when you, when you change that type of movement, the, the brain processes it and it becomes an un uncomfortable state. Sometimes a client may not want to do it, but you're doing it for a purpose, a purpose to test their character, to help, to help them evolve. Yes, it's just a movement, but behind every movement, I personally think sometimes there is something to be learned. Right? Because you have to push through those mental barriers of, I don't want to do this. But one thing I have to do to get to where I need to get to, I have to do it because my, tra my trainer says I have to do it. But behind all that, it adds value to your life. And at, at the end of the day, you've done it. It's joyful. It's success. You know, so I think integration movement in exercise mentally and physically is a, is a very powerful way mm. right, to create change. And my sense is, Amadou, my experience, and I, I'm, you know, this is backed up in, in research as well. I, I like this idea that you've brought to us around being outside of your comfort zone, because we know, don't we, that, you know, making this scale up now, but if a scale of one to 10 exists and one is, right in your comfort zone and 10 is ah I'm sinking I'm in at the deep end I'm over my head and five is something in the middle people probably do their best work and best thinking at maybe six or seven yeah. just outside of the um that that zone of comfort that creates space for new opportunity and new possibility and I think that's a really a really helpful helpful reminder from a coaching practice perspective like a check-in with ourselves where are we are we are we in the comfort zone or are we pushing just outside of course we don't want to add stress to our clients but there is just that healthy bit of tension that that we want in our conversations and in our work with people and movement might be one of the ways of cultivating and creating that with clients perhaps absolutely and as you know people only know what they know but without experiencing it their comfort zone is telling them mentally to stay there but when you push them a little bit next time they know they can do it because they're like wow i just yeah. experienced something new why don't i take another step yeah and the acknowledgement that they did that something happened yeah. is important isn't it that feedback loop we talked about earlier so the last thing I just want to touch on is time because and this maybe is a bit of a personal indulgence but hopefully it's useful for other people as well Amadou in all the time I've spent with you um I think I probably talk to you about time the most because I feel like you've got about 70 hours in your day and that I have about five hours in my day so you'll be like, I've done a three hour meditation. I've been on a 10K run. I've had six sessions with clients. I've produced a podcast and a video. And, and I'll be like, oh, I walked the dog and went to work. Like, talk to me about how you think about time and how you how this philosophy of gratitude kind of gets more out of your day and influences your level of productivity. You know, you know what, Kirsty? Um, you gave me so much joy when you said 
um, time? In my head, I'm like, wow, I love this question. Time is an illusion. Time is what we make of it. Time is made so in life we navigate ourselves how to um, live in a structural way, going to work, going to sleep, doing this activity at this specific time. But I always say to people, time is what you make of it. And life is what you make of it. And most people are existing with time. Most people are not living with time. So I try and live every day with time. Obviously, I run my own business, meaning I'm in control of all my time. If you're working for someone, meaning half of that, you're not in control of that time because you have to work to survive. So with my time that I'm in control of, I try and make sure I cultivate or harvest the whole day by using the seven dimensions of well-being. You know, I look after my mental health. I'm there for people, my clients at work. I meditate actively three hours a day in separate gaps. Between my gaps, I go for 30 minutes walk. But it's, it's how I use that time. I can sit there and choose to be on the computer, but have moments of, moments of time in the day that I do that. Or I can go for that active meditation, listen to an audible. While I'm walking, I send emails, I write. So I'm doing two, three, two, three things at once. You know, but this becomes a daily conscious effort when you do it daily, you know. So time is what you make of it because we all have the same amount of time, but it's how you look at it. If you keep saying to yourself, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time, it becomes a belief system and a programming in your brain whereby it's hard for you to make changes. Everything in life is belief systems, you know. Society has structured us to believe, which is a programming that when we work so much, we don't have time. We do. You can, work, you can work eight hours a day and still have time. It's obviously how you structure your life. Eight hours of work, 30 minutes of exercise. That's all you need. 30 minutes of exercise. Yes, you're tired mentally and physically from work, but you can make 30 minutes, you know, to exercise. Two or three hours with the kids before you put them to sleep. You know, dinner. Wake up, do the same thing again. But it's how we use time. That's the most powerful thing, you know. And time is all about priorities, you know. Forget about the external sources in life, as in your TV, your TV. Focus more about the internal things that we can control. Work, family, friends, meditation. So basically cultivating all the seven dimensions of well-being. So every day I wake up with a conscious consciousness to understand I'm in control of my time and I structure my life how I want it to do. Because guess what? It leads back, it leads back to, being, to being grateful. When you're grateful, you use time wisely. You're not, just, you're, not just, you're not just existing to go to work and back to survive. That's a survival state. Going to work up and back. You know? And then you go on that holiday to give you joy. But there should be joy in every day of your life, at least. You know, you should be looking forward to every day of your life, not just happy Friday. <laughs> Why is that? It's because of the collective community. Yeah, everyone's had a stressful week. Now they're looking forward to that Friday and the weekend to be joyful and happy. No. Tomorrow may be your last day in life. Try and be joyful now. But try and cultivate time in a way that you work on your mental health, your spiritual health, environmental health, Work in other dimensions within your life. Not just work, home, family, 
sleep, work, home, family, and sleep. Try and understand what are the important things in your life. See for yourself, scheduling and priorities. And that's how I use my time, a daily conscious effort. Because today may be my last. So I try and harvest every time I have in, in my life. Yeah. It's another, um, it's another lovely connection to coaching, which is um, just being unconditionally, unconditionally positive about time and the time that you have um, with your coaching clients to do useful work and prioritizing that work and doing it. Doing <laughs> it, doing it. That is it. Yeah. And, then, and that's something else. Sorry to cut you short, Kirsty. No, I'm for my clients between my sessions. I'm not chasing a dollar. I make 15 minutes consciously my whole life. People say, oh, so wasting your time. But it gives me joy. Mm. Spending 30 minutes with my clients. It enriches my life. Spending 15 minutes, living gaps in between. You know, that's made my joys in life, being of service for people. Stop wasting your time. But this time is what I make of it. And it gives me joy to be there for people, even yeah. after their sessions. I'm spending yeah. one hour each day with, with people. Mm. Um, you've already given us so much to think about and one of those things for me is that perhaps i need to stop watching so much love island but um <laughs> that's okay you're part of you know, the balance system it's okay it's nothing wrong with that i watch cartoons i love disney <laughs> and 9 p.m i watch it then i read a little bit and sleep <laughs> oh i don't need to feel too bad about that but one of the things we've been doing about um on the other podcast amadou is um what we've called the rap something to watch something to read audio something to listen to and perhaps a picture or something to ponder for people who want to take some of what you've shared with us a little bit further forward either in their role as a leader that's integrating coaching into their leadership style and their their work or for coaches that are practicing with clients and and even for clients who are experiencing coaching so that they can get the most out of the experience so have you got some you've mentioned a couple already you've got some interesting um <laughs> references for us i am i'm so happy to be sharing this with you obviously i'll send you the links um, I have things people can watch. Um, I have th things people can listen to and read. And one of them is my, my another, another basic um, writing about how I live my life. It's called Leading Towards Gratitude. And on, on that, I basically talk about cultivating the seven dimensions of, of well-being. People can read that. And I have two, three audibles people can listen to. And then I have ways people can act. And I'll give you quick examples. Yep. Journaling exercise, walking meditation, random act of kindness, send an old message to a friend, you know, someone that you haven't spoken to in a long time. So, so, and then also I have pages people can follow. But all this goes back to gratitude, live through action. Yeah. We need to find these things. Words are one thing, but we put it into application. So I'll send you the links and you can attach them. Perfect. Well, we'll put all of those um, lovely links in the show notes for people to access and have a browse and hopefully pull out, um, pull out, go deeper, explore some of these themes in a way, um, in a way that works for you. So I just want to say thank you so much for your time, Amadou. You've given us so much. And I think there's um, some real wisdom and some insight here that, you know, whatever walk of life you're in, whether you're coaching, whether you're a leader, um, there's some interesting 
challenges and perspectives for us to think about. And certainly the one that I'm taking away is the is that is that test to myself. Um, am I experiencing just outside of the comfort zone enough? And am I doing that enough with my clients? So that's something that's very practical and real for me. Um, so maybe just just um, model model gratitude. I'll say thank you so much on behalf of 3D and on behalf of our listeners and of myself for giving for giving so much of yourself, your enthusiasm, your time, um, and what you've been learning along the way, Amadou. It's very much appreciated, and I'm sure listeners will will feel the same. Um, for those of you that are regular listeners, there are more episodes of In the Arena that you can connect with. And um, we will, of course, share all of Amadou's links and um, sources in the show notes, as well as um, his tag so that you can connect with Amadou if that's helpful or useful for you. And there are other episodes of In the Arena that you can explore that really delve into one of these leadership qualities. Um, and for those of you that um, are looking forward to Claire being back, she's currently on her sabbatical walking the Camino and you'll be able to follow her progress on her Facebook page. And for those of you that want to support that work financially, there is a Just Giving set up so you'll be able to connect and help Claire raise funds for MND. Um, And those of you that have known Claire a long time will know that that's a cause really close to her heart. So um, we thank you for listening and um, Wish you gratitude for the week ahead and send all of the positive vibes from this podcast into uh, into life. And Amadou's got his arms in the air and is all smiles. Um, so we'll we'll leave it there and say thank you and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.